Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. This week brought to you by Jack's doing his dissertation and Mel lives in the middle of America. Those are the two guests. I can't speak. Those are the two guests <laughs> joining me and Jamie, or Jamie and I, this week. Uh, soon to be joined by Matthew Wandless from London as well. But Mel is here from Kansas, a little town called Emporia. In the middle of America, literally in the middle, Google it. Uh, and Jack joins us from Leeds University where he's just started writing his dissertation. Good evening, both of you. Good evening. Hello. Jamie is here as well, as usual. How are you, Jamie? How's uh, how's the, the, the life of a child-bearing parent uh, yeah, he's, he's he's good. He's he's very fat these days. Massive, massive yeah. fat baby. Great, great. That's how old he does. You're doing it right then. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's all going in, and, and he's doing some huge stinky shits. And <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, the farts. He does farts that smell like my dad's farts. It's very um, weird. Keep I told my dad that, family. and my dad was so proud. My dad was like, oh, that's such a lovely thing to say. He's <laughs> 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 that crying. Welcome to the podcast. We're talking about Lemony Snicket tonight. Um, Lemony talking about dysfunctional, weird families. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lemony Snicket, which, of course, was a series of books written by the executive producer of this series. Um, five points to anyone who remembers his name. Something Handler, right? David yeah. Handler? Daniel? Uh, as usual. And actually, actually, the the name of the series is a series of unfortunate events written by Lemony Snicket. That's who right. is really him. the hand, hand handler. Is that right? Damn, oh, I just heard an interview with him. Yeah, that rings a bell. Normally at this point, Jamie's Googled it. Have you Googled it? Googling. Great. Googling right now. Um Anyway, we all know the film that has been made. Daniel Handler. There we go. <laughs> I got Damn. it. Well done. Good work, Mel. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, the, the, the movie was uh, starring Jim Carrey, which we've all probably seen. Has everyone watched the film? Awful. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as saying awful, but... You know, I, I think, well, we'll compare them shortly, but that film is obviously an hour and a half of the stories compressed. The TV series is uh, more of the stories stretched out over an entire series, obviously, which gives it a bit more of a canvas to play with. And also, I think, it leads itself to a more colourful or a, more, a deeper playing of the main part, Count Olaf, as well. Um, which we'll come on to. Let's welcome from London, Matthew Wandless. Hello, everyone. Just want to quickly say, yeah. Matt Wandless Hello. told me off for calling him to get his attention for this podcast um, and disturbing his bedtime with his child. This is correct, yeah. Matt? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I didn't tell you off. I just asked you not to do it. 
You know what? I to- I've been. I've got a child now, so I can completely <laughs> empathise with Matthew. And this if is you where get a child begin. to go to sleep, it's like gold dust. It's like witchcraft. And if someone rings up in the middle of witchcraft, oh, you might as well forget it. Mel will already know yeah. this, but Jack, uh, you're going to learn this over the next few years or so. When friends have babies, you see very quickly that the world revolves around them. Oh my. <laughs> Goodness. No, 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 that's what you're wrong. Can the I just world, ask? The world revol- revolves around the, the child. The child becomes a dictator and we are his servants. <laughs> and if we disobey his orders, we pay a heavy price, Howell. That's your problem this is true. in your is house. True. If Matthew Wanless can't control his mobile phone, that's not my fault. What am I, psychic? <laughs> Jeez. What's the guy got to do? Can't even ring Matt. What if Domino's Pizza wants to ring you and sell you a pizza, Matt? Are you going to tell them off as well? Uh, yes. All right, yes, fair enough. I would, yeah. How dare me you? And are, me and Domino's are on very good terms, so... <laughs> well, I apologise for any time that I've um, uh, scarred scarred your family life in some way, and... Um... It's annoying, because I've got different problems to Jamie, because for me it's not like it's going to wake her up, mm. but she just knows that oh. the phone is ringing, and she's like, is that mummy? Oh. No. It's not as freaking Howell Evans. Howell, it's pronounced. It's pronounced Howell. I would have thought by now you could pronounce my name. You, but you still you still spell his name with two T's. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. true. That's true. All right, Lemony Snicket. How much have we all watched? Um, Jack Boardman. I've I've seen all of it. Read all the books. Watched the film, and now all the series. Bought the T-shirt. Mel, how much? Uh, three episodes, a couple of the books, and the film. Jamie? One episode and the film. Okay, Matt? Uh, zero books, zero films, and an episode and a bit. Okay, I've watched the full series, not read the books. So, um, what do we think so far? The point of this podcast, if you've never heard it before, is to uh, let you know whether (laughs) you should spend some time watching a TV series or not. Um... Jack, should people... I'm, I'm just asking you straight out, because I know the answer. Should people watch Lemony Snicket? <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, I well, always found that Lemony Snicket, for me, that was my version of Harry Potter. When all my friends were going crazy about Harry Potter, I was always into the Lemony Snicket books. Oh. And the film, I can't remember how old it was when it came out, but it was a major letdown. I didn't like the way they did it. I'd, even at the time when I didn't really know much about acting or anything and have much of an appreciation for it. I knew that it wasn't a very good role for... It's Jim Carrey, isn't it, isn't it, who yeah. plays... Um, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, I didn't like it. So, Why? for me, when I saw the... I don't know, I don't... He, for me, he didn't portray Count Olaf the way I saw him hmm. to be. And even uh, Klaus and Violet, to an extent as well, I didn't think they were the way I'd imagined them from the books. But then, that's why when the series came along... For me, it no longer had to live up to the book standard. It just had to live up and just to beat exceed that. what the yeah exceed what the movie had given us. And I think it definitely does. Even though I still do find myself the baby in it, Sonny still freaks the hell out of me. Yeah, um, it's still difficult. It's always difficult to see something that you've read. But how does it compare yeah. with your, your imagine your imagined version of um, Count Olaf? How does that compare with Neil Patrick Harris's playing of him? I think he pulls it off really well. Um, and not only that, the entire world that they're in mm. and the extremities of it, uh, the, what's it called? Um, the reptile, reptile house. Like that mm. was, I really enjoyed all of that. And mm. 
the character who played is it the Runkle? Yeah. Um, he was brilliant, and that's the way I imagined it to be, okay. not the way that the film had portrayed it. Is, um, is there anything missing from Neil Patrick Harris's performance from your imagination, though? Um, not. Bit... It has been a very long time since I read the books, but not particularly. No, Good. I think he's done a really bang on job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. There's quite a bit missing from the other from the other characters, though. Yeah. Um, so let's like, get some uh, let's get some first time opinions. Uh, Matt, what do you make one episode in? Um, I uh, first I thought uh, I would before like sorry, I would... Matt, I can a step in before we do. Can we why don't, Matt, why don't we have a synopsis for anyone who doesn't know the story? Oh, yeah, go on, let's Jamie. Get, um, well, why, Matt, why don't Good you point. do the first episode? What happens in the first episode? Okay, so um, uh, the first episode is immediately framed by uh, the uh, introduction. Of, it, it is it is the the chat with the very lovely deep voice. Is he Lemony Snicket? Yes. In the, yes, he is. Sorry, I wasn't entirely clear on that. But um, so he introduces the story as this uh, uh this terrible tragedy that 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 sort of. Uh, a, a terrible, unrelenting tragedy that unfolds about these two children, and then um, we're, oh, sorry, three. Of course, there's baby. I always forget about babies. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, then you start to see it unfold. Um, they are part of a very sort of strange and eccentric and uh, precocious family, um, and uh, tragedy tragedy visits them. And they are orphaned and sent to live with uh, the awful Count Olaf in a in in, in great hardship. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's very stylized. And what I, I was about to say before uh, Jamie so rudely interrupted me um, <laughs> w- was to make a very valid point uh, was that it felt like watching um, a TV version of uh, a Wes Anderson film. Mm. It, it, it felt like. Um, uh, because I watched, uh, I caught a bit of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, I, I've seen it before, but it was it was on the other night, and I just stopped and watched about an hour of it. Mm. And it really feels it, it feels very much like that, the, especially with the kind of looks to camera and the sort of strange, uh, almost monotonal way that people play themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it really uh, it feels like it's borrowed a lot from those movies, which I'm a big fan of. So um, I was kind of okay with that. But I, I was very unsure of it for most of the first episode, and but I, it, 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 I, I think it's very interesting what it's doing, and uh, I, I've never seen anything like it in, in television. I can pretty, I'm pretty fairly sure I can say that. And uh, then when it started to introduce song as well, I started to get really into it. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, and I, 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 I want to carry on. So. Um, Good, well, job done. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jamie, what do you think one episode in? Okay, well, first of all, it's important for you to know oh. that I liked the film. Okay. And I thought Jim Carrey as Count Olaf was bloody brilliant. And I love oh. Jim Carrey. I know, I can hear you scoffing. <laughs> I can hear you scoffing away. I yeah. actually really enjoyed the film. I had read the book, so I didn't know what to expect. And when I watched the film, I, was, I found it very interesting and refreshing. TV, tell so, us about the TV. So, Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf is, for me, 
a massive downgrade. Whoa! It's like, it's like, it's like going from the best comedic performer of his generation to Doogie Howser, which is exactly who he is. It's Doogie Howser, and it's very, it's very much. I just find him like doing a mediocre impression of Jim Curry doing Count Olaf. Oh, I know that's the character, God. and I'm sure I'll get used to him. But I genuinely just thought Jim Carrey did this better. Jim Carrey was funnier than that. Jim Carrey would have done that song better than that. And and that was the hard bit for me to get past, is that why do I want to watch a show of someone doing a, a slightly lesser version oh. of the film? <laughs> and I, and well, I know I'm in the minority right now. Well, I like the film, damn it. That may have been hard for you to get past. The next difficult thing that it's going to be that's good, uh, that you're going to have to get past is the fact that you and I very rarely disagree on things, and when we do, I tend to then bully you until you have some form of tantrum, and <laughs> you could not be more wrong in this opinion uh, before we get into that, which we will jack, don't worry, just bite your tongue, Mel. Three episodes in, so you're obviously enjoying it. You're almost at the obligatory four. Um, I, I don't know that I enjoy it. That's why I stopped at episode three. Ooh. I, Ooh. I'm, not, I'm not connecting. I've been thinking about this since we decided we were going to talk about it. And I think my problem is with the narrator. Right. That it's keeping too much distance between me and, and what's actually happening. Right. I think the narrator... Hmm up this barrier and I, I and that was my problem with the books too i think um mm. not just the relentless depressing awfulness of what's happening to these children mm. which is is wearing and exhausting but i i think that you know in the books the narrator kind of works because it's a book mm -hmm. and someone has to be a narrator mm -hmm. um so it's a little less obvious but it, here um i'm just i like patrick warburton yeah but Gosh, I'm just I'm not I'm not connecting with the story or the characters, and I think that's the problem. Is is okay. the conclusion? Okay, so the state of play right now is this: Matthew Wanless is carrying on, but with caveats. Um, Jack is in love with it. Jamie is an idiot, and Mel um, <laughs> needs some persuasion. So let's see what we can do. First of all, Mel, I think um, I was slightly irritated by him at first as well. I felt like it, it created sort of stop downs to the to the pace, but he it becomes better and better. It's, the more you kind of get the joke, if you like, the better it becomes. Who's cat? I'm sorry about is my it? cat. I'm it's sorry, yours. it's mine. I was listening to last week's podcast and it appeared a lot. She was all over the place last it's week. Fine. Yeah. She was going crazy. It's quite nice. Sorry. It's quite nice. Um, She's very beautiful. So I, I think tr trust, perhaps trust that that will become less annoying as as you get deeper into the story and you care a little bit more. Um, Did you like me, Mel? Uh, just keep thinking. Oh, I wish it was Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that would have been good though, wouldn't it? Uh, I kept, yeah, much better. I kept you know, wishing um, it was Don I think Draper. It was Matt, who is, oh, I yeah, think or was John Hamm. Either of them would have been fine. Yeah. Talking about the sort of monotone uh, Wes Anderson style of it, was that you, Matt? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also, um, I, I like Wes Anderson, but in you know ninety minute or a hundred minute doses, yeah. and here you've got it on and on and on, and it. To, at a point, it just becomes too precious for me. 
Well, I think Wes, my only thing against the Wes Anderson point is that I think Wes Anderson's style is so so tightly directed to the point that people move in the way that they, he's told them to. It's it's so symmetrical. It's so. Um, you know, it's it's very much Wes Anderson world. I think this this world is a lot more fluid. It's a lot more. It's a it's a warmer perhaps at times, um, but yes, at the beginning, for the first couple of episodes, I think maybe the style is. Well, that's why we have the four episode rule because the style always mm-hmm. puts you off. The narrator gets. Um, I I forgot that I wanted John Hamm, and by the end, I decided that I was really happy that it was him playing the narrator. So if that's a if, you know, mm. if there's a parallel there. Um, the Jamie's point is, about Jim Carrey, I think, is absolutely ludicrous, and and this is why, <laughs> because Jim Carrey, in a one and a half hour version of this story, you can afford to. Um, and by the way, Jamie, I understand why you think it at this point. I think that's fine, but I think I think by the end of the series, you'll have a completely different opinion. And the reason is that in a one and a half hour telling of this story, Jim Carrey's playing of him was purely psychopathic. He played it as a psychopath, and it was in a film of that length. It needs to be that black and white. He was insane. He was over the top. He was everything that Jim Carrey does really well. Neil Patrick Harris is not doing an impression of Jim Carrey. I'm 100% sure that he is not. I'm sure he's got involved with this because he understands the character more. See if this chimes with you, Jack. That character is supposed to be like Matthew Wandless. He's supposed to be an amateur dramatics person who has not been given... (laughs) (laughs) Who hasn't been given the stage that they so well deserve. And so this is a story... Forget it, forget it, Matt. I'll take that back. This is a story about... What if an incredibly self-centred thespian was a killer, right? They they wanted stuff so much that they um, they were a killer. And the methods... Have you just done a massive spoiler for us there? No, 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 no. Um, no, okay. I, I, I'm comparing it to psychopath. But right. the, the lengths to it, that he will go to to achieve what he wants um, are endless. But it's born of all of the tools he uses to get there are to do with being a thespian. So, for example, if the Jim Carrey character, say the Jim Carrey character got caught, say they were standing around in a room and he was wearing a disguise, for example, and it was proven that he was actually Count Olaf. Now, the Jim Carrey character at that point is so insane that he would probably just go, yes, you got me, and stab everyone in the room. This guy, at that point, would go, and run away because his disguise is everything that he's got. He might behave in psychopathic ways, but he's actually driven by the idea that he can fool people with his excellent skills and his excellent power. And it's it's that depth of character, it's that kind of um, nuance to this, which makes him as a villain so different and just so rich, so colourful. In the more episodes you see, the more you will see Count Olaf employing his skills of disguise and his his team around him employing theatrical skills to try and achieve what they want to the point that they perhaps make life more difficult for themselves um so you get a much more 
three-dimensional opportunity. Yeah, and I, I will give you this. There was one moment in the first episode that rang like that 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 I really like struck a chord, and it was kind of a brutal moment in a way. It's the moment where he hits the boy yeah. when they're having yes. dinner, Up and the that stage, was a moment. Yeah, and that was like, okay, that's a bit dip. like because up until then, and, and and the way Jim Carrey portrayed it in Lois was was kind of a bit of a comical you know a bit of a a bit of a just a an idiot comical guy who's got macabre designs on these children but at the same time is a little bit buffoonish mm-hmm. but the, that was the one moment where and he hits him and even the the people these with the cast members from his acting troupe gasp at it as well mm-hmm. you can see that there, are, there might be a different level and a bit more of a darkness and less sympathetic angle to him as well yeah that uh, i can uh, and that's why why would he slap a child because it's it's the depth of his selfishness um at nothing matters other than his own so i suppose i'm arguing that he is the psychopath but what i'm saying is jim carrey's performance was so broad that it was kind of general psychopathic sort of guy whereas this guy is I will I will achieve this and everybody will serve me but the only tools he's got is the other tools of theater which is you know just as a premise don't underestimate the tools of theater I know <laughs> but as a premise that's what I think you know in that very first scene when you see the kids for the first time who have been um uh, orphaned um I it, it was going to be something I I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it and then the more that you see that you love the evil of this character, the more it goes on. It's deliciously evil. That you want to see what he's going to try next, even though you want him to lose. You know, you kind of, you kind of want him to win. Um, I agree, but I, I do have to say that I found, as it went on, he became slightly annoying for me, and even the story, the way it was portrayed at the. The mill, the last two episodes. Don't give, up, don't give away anything, Jack. No, I, but yeah. for me, they they weren't as good as the first couple of episodes. I think the first four or so, I thought they were absolutely amazing. Whereas the last four, mm. it almost went downhill for me a little bit. I still enjoyed um, Count Olaf. I still thought he was good. It was more um, the children that started to annoy me and Mr. Poe really really well, start and the the ending of it as well the the final scene of the last episode i had to switch it off because yeah. it was it was just grating on me mr no poe yeah well mr poe is but the, but mr poe is the guy who who is he's a complete idiot and he's the yeah, guy he's representing the social services i suppose although it's a bank he's kind of the guy who's putting the children in different places and this almost takes us back to the Stranger Things debate of um, do you, like the Winona Ryder Matt debate, it's like, do, aren't, aren't you supposed to hate Mr. Poe? You, that actor, mm. I think, is phenomenal because when he has moments, he has moments where he goes from being that idiot to like um, getting carried away, eating some food that he shouldn't be eating or something, and you see a different side to him. I know what you mean about the last few episodes, but... It's still like a five-star series for me, five out of five, um, even if... Mm. I think, really, the guy who plays Monty in the third episode is so oh. good. That world is so yeah, good. Yeah, phenomenal, yeah. That it's difficult to yeah, follow. Yeah, definitely. But it's the whole thing, like, 
I, if they released two more series tomorrow, I would have watched both series by Sunday. <clears throat> I I just I, I love it. Can I ask a mildly spoilery question? Yes. The the only part that really kept me going was what actually happened with the parents. Yeah. So my question mm. is is does does that get resolved? That that remains present, but mm-hmm. I feel like they're playing a very long game here. Okay. And yeah, couple... to, to an extent, it's revealed a bit more. You yeah. understand a bit more of it at the end, but yeah. it's not fully exposed as to who, well, not necessarily who they are, but that entire story, it's, it's given a little bit more away, but not enough to fully understand it. There's also a really interesting, quite disappointing twist in their story and mm. at the very end of the series the very one of the very last shots you see it sort of coming to coming together again and going oh what's going on it's very intriguing and it's very smart and i don't think and that style the steampunk gothic sort of style that it's got i think is just like matt said i can't you you feel like you can compare it to other things in your head but there's nothing quite like it and if mm-hmm. you stick with it i think it has that feel of picking up a children's book which is quite difficult to achieve i think with tv it has mm-hmm. that that closeness of like oh i want to see what the evil swine is doing this week kind of thing you know mm-hmm. it's a bit like the old uh, serials yeah you know that yeah. they would show it when they would have you know two features in a in a, a western or something like that a serial yeah at the at the theaters I, I gotta say you're not convincing me to carry on I mean Jack's lost lost interest by the end and Mel <laughs> is three episodes in and given up and only Howell's uh, gone through with the the whole series it doesn't sound like I mean one out of three ain't good Jack is Jack loves it Jack's just annoyed no, because I, it I, ended with a song I, yeah. that's why Jack's annoyed. <laughs> I would definitely say it's worth watching. Um, yeah. I just think it peaked at episodes three and four for me, and it didn't necessarily go downhill. It just never Listen, reached that standard again for me. Episode three and four are really, really great, but it's unfair to... to we shouldn't focus on that. They just happen to be really great episodes of TV. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Yeah. Um, remember that Jack mm. doesn't like... doesn't get the Muppets, okay? So now... <laughs> Of course, anything that's an, an ending... That's going to haunt you forever, Jack. Yeah. I know, it is, isn't it? An ending that's particularly magical, maybe involves some music, maybe some singing, that kind of thing, Jack might be disappointed with, all right? Jack's in it for, this, for the books, and that's why he's stuck with it. It's one of the most unique series, and for me, the reason to carry on with it is this. We've talked a lot about commissioning and about the... You know, uh, the Netflix's ability to fund really creative stuff. Neil Patrick Harris, for me, is the reason to carry on with this, Jamie, because he he plays it. You could never write down what is so great about his performance. A commissioner could not have it described to them. It's got such a magic. It's got such an inventive. There's so much that he does, which is off script reactions and stuff. There's so much life that he brings to it that it carries you through in the same way that only a truly unique stand-up comic or, uh, you know, Chaplin or somebody who's got that 
real. Have you really just compared Neil Patrick to Harris? Yeah, can we walk that back a little bit there? I have. God. Well, I would, I would even say that you know, Chaplin is it was incredibly. Uh, rehearsed, you know. Okay, he, you know, he was all right, Chaplin. Well, I love Chaplin. He's one of my favourite things of all time, but he also... But Neil Patrick Harris is <laughs> No. <laughs> no. What I'm saying is, when somebody's being inventive in performance, Chaplin wasn't inventive in performance. He planned and structured and rehearsed and did scenes 300 times over. What I'm talking Which about... Which is cheating. No. What I'm talking about is just that joy of seeing somebody do something akin to improvise on screen but you rarely see it now you're making me like it less Howell that's why it's got (laughs) I'm saying that that is the reason it's got five stars amongst many other things that kind of silliness that you just came out with that's making me like it less why (laughs) you've gone too far what are you talking about bring it back Jack because I watch the musical scenes and they're not they're they're not that good it's nice to see it in a TV show but they're not that the the, the, the performers aren't that skilled I'm not talking about singing I'm not I wasn't talking about singing. I'm t- I'm talking. No, I'm just talking about in general. I, I, the, the the sort of physicality of the of the actors. It's not spectacular. I didn't think so far. No, but I'm saying it is. So it, no, it, I'm, I'm <laughs> disagreeing with you. Well, yeah. no, there I'm, you go. He's I'm saying, saying that's his argument. I'm saying further down the line, if you stick to this thing, what we're watching is something that doesn't happen very often. Which um, I'm trying to think. Who can you compare it to? Who who is a performer that Chaplin? Is... No, <laughs> um, <laughs> Keaton. Um, no, I'm not particularly talking about Les physicality. Dennis. Shut up. You you right? Name someone, Jamie. Name someone who clearly is like um, you get the feeling that if you were on set, you would be pissing oh, your I pants. Uh, Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they should get Jim Carrey to play him. No, yeah, because... that would have been a good idea. <laughs> that would have been good casting. <laughs> <laughs> I think his take on it would be quite different and, and a bit more two-dimensional. But, yes, he's inventive, right? Jim Carrey, But Jim Carrey is inventive in the same way every time. Neil Patrick Harris is inventive from the point of view of the character of a, of a thespian overdoing his role. And you just don't, you don't see it enough. And when you do see it, it's delicious is the word. I think it's true. I think this is a truly unique performance, which is, you know, just so insulting to the man to go, he's just Doogie Howser. That's not, that's not what any of us have said. What I was saying is that you're, 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 you're reaming off of superlatives is just making me think that you... That, that that this is another case where I, I just don't agree with you about it in terms of quality, because it's I, I, like it's good what he's doing. I I, I quite I, I didn't like it at first, but I started to like it a bit more. Mm-hmm. But it's not like transcendent, wonderful, miraculous performance. I didn't use any of those words. I said that rarely now do you see an actor who is really Im- improvising and uh, is really bringing a character to roll with 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 a sort of um, energy and an inventiveness you get the feeling that every take would be the same in this case it's not and I, I think that what you'll see is that I'm not talking spurious shit I'm talking about 
genuinely about something that we don't see very often and it's just great and the reason is that it can't be explained i'm the guy trying to pitch this to you matt the commissioning editor or whatever um it's like this guy just has it he has the thing that this character needs on stage you know he he plays the role better than i can imagine i cannot imagine anybody playing this role as well as that can you jack do you know what does do you understand what i'm saying at all jack no, I, I understand no. where you're coming from, yeah, and I do think as well. <laughs> I do think as well that I, I was thinking that it, you you would struggle to find somebody else that brings that level of I, I can't even think of what the word playfulness would be to use to, yeah the the playful element to his character. Um, but saying that, one of my favourite scenes of him was when uh, there's a scene in a cinema at some point along the the show, and Neil Patrick Harris looks at the at the screen and says to you, why would you go to the cinema when you can watch something from the comfort of your own home <laughs> as and when you choose to watch it? <laughs> and just that moment with the camera, I really, yes. that for me was one of the best scenes in the entire series. I thought it was great. And just throughout, there's little moments like that that really just make it worth watching. It's that delivery of evil that, <clears throat> that people who really enjoy playing evil can really enjoy it and be inventive with it you just don't see it enough i I know who it reminds me of you're gonna laugh has anybody seen any substantial amount of spongebob squarepants no (laughs) okay no that's a shame there's the the evil character have you seen the evil character in spongebob he's got a voice like this he's like um what's his name (laughs) plankton plankton his name is and he's uh, okay. The guy who does the voice What's for that. What's happening? What's happening? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy who does the voice for Plankton is uh, a similar kind of performer who can really get a theatrical <clears throat> performance on on screen or into a microphone to the point that it's like nobody could have expected the script to have been read or done quite in that way, and we don't see that very often. I can't think of another series we've talked about where somebody is, you know, uh, just blowing it off the screen. Even Benedict Cumberbatch, mm. oh, isn't he great as Sherlock? But, yeah, you, you, if they announced someone else was playing him, yeah, fair enough, you know. Um, it's just not often that we see that, that it's almost like they've written the part for themselves. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> well, now, now I feel like I do need to keep watching because I've got to see what, how... how... Yeah, I am going to stick with it now. I am going to stick with it. But are you both going to stick with it because you want to prove how all wrong of it? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that why we all do this? Because I I feel like that now. I feel like I've had it oversold to me to the point where now I want to not like it. Well, you, what what can I do? I mean, we were underselling well, it a minute stopped. ago. Well, I, you, no, 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 I didn't say you. I never said you were underselling it. I never said that at any point. Um, no, I just it's gone too far. That, that, Let me use one that more scene example. That Jack mentioned though in the cinema. That's in episode three. I've seen that scene, and it is very good. It's great, isn't it? Um, I had um, forgotten about that because that's when he's actually pretending to be somebody else, anyway. Yeah. I'm, yeah, and and yeah. I'm look, just to make it clear, I'm not talking about a a performance which is like. I mean, first of all, he will win awards for that performance, guaranteed. That guy's winning Emmys for that performance, right? So there, I will be proved right. Let's just wait and see. 
<laughs> we'll see if we remember this conversation. Um, Got it here first. Uh, but even... Um, Matt, surely you can think of a perform. Can you think of a performance where you go, nobody could have played that part other than uh, that well, other than that person? Uh, top of my head, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe um, uh, Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren, Lauren Graham is Laura like. Gilmore, yeah, yeah, great example. I can think. I'm sure I can think of something better than that. Yeah, um, particularly in the sort of dramatic. John, hey, John I know, the, the, is the, the guy in the artist. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, um, but it's it's less. It's it's more when you see somebody on screen who is like um, straight off stage, who's doing a truly balls out kind of. Um, this is my role. It's got that sort of classic goon. It's it's Peter Sellers. It's that goon like, you know, give a script to anyone and they can read the goon show. Give it to Peter Sellers and he will knock it out of the park compared even to Spike Milligan and um, the other goons around him, Harry Seacombe. Do you know what I mean? The, the yeah, Inspector, yeah. Yeah, Inspector yeah. okay, Inspector okay. Clouseau, right? Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. Steve Martin yeah. was never going to succeed with that. Now, it's no. not like you're going to watch Inspector Clouseau or Lemony Snicket and go, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen, that's the greatest performance ever. What I'm saying is it's very rare that an actor can level with and then sort of compete with the script, just rise above the script with a level of enjoyment. And, and it's... that's why I I know I've gone on about it but that's why I loved it so much is that I just don't see that much anymore I get the idea that people auditioned they were given the part they want to keep the part this guy maybe because he was Doogie Howser and he's already made his money he's got involved with it for the right reasons and he's gone I'm going to knock it out of the park here I'm going to enjoy myself you know all right all right I'm going to carry on I'm going to carry on is there some kind of connection between this show and that piece of shit comedy that I hate what's that because uh, the one that they're all in, like there's loads of the cast of it in this. How show. I Met Your Mother. Thank you, that's so, the one. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. There must be something because it doesn't. Kobe Smulders show up in it as well. I thought I saw her on the IMDb page. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's the mother. Yeah. Right there you go. Yeah. So that's four she out plays, of them. She plays cast. the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There must be something to do with it. There we go. Well, anyway, um, the reviewers like it. The, v- the viewers seem to be rating it top marks. I hope you stick with it. I have got one criticism, and that is that I don't think the baby should be able to eat metal. Um, that's the oh, one. the baby is horrible. Yeah, But stone is fine, right? It's fine, no. but the it's, it's the one thing in that world that you go, yeah, it's not, you know, everything else is mystical and fantastical, but also possible. That's the bit that is impossible, mm. and that, that annoys me a little mm. bit. But... Nonetheless. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Nonetheless. It's funny you should mention about John Hamm as well, because I spent a good three quarters of this series believing that that was John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, up until I watched the Black the Mirror hell? episode with John Hamm in it, and then I saw the credits for the Black Mirror episode, and I thought, oh, all right, so it's not John Hamm. <laughs> well, who's it in? Let me snick it then. So is, it, is he the guy who's... Does he voice somebody in Family Guy? Uh, oh... Yeah, he's a voice oh, of certain. He's, he's got a big, famous voice, hasn't he? And, yeah, uh, I recognise him from somewhere. Yeah. 
I like him. Yeah. I quite liked him in the first episode. You know what? I, I think you're right. I think he does do Family Guy. Yeah. I think that's what they've done across the board is get people who are really good. Yeah, he does the he does the voice of the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. Hank. Oh yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Joe, well, Joe, Joe, that's his name, Joe Swanson. Well, look yeah. forward to the update on how you're getting on, and uh, Matt Wandless will um, send my blood pressure through the roof on a random Wednesday morning <laughs> in a couple of weeks, probably. <laughs> some some glib comment, but I urge you to um, YouTube Plankton. SpongeBob SquarePants, and you will see another example <laughs> of the great performer. I, I don't have enough blunts for that. Oh, it's great. Um, right, good. Okay, well, carry on with it then, everyone. Yeah, are you gonna? <laughs> I think I will. Yeah. I'm gonna at least no, watch the end of episode two and try and see this episode yeah. three genius that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm going I'm to carry on. Again, Matt, don't expect genius. Just expect fun. <laughs> You've overhyped it. No, it, it does get... Episode three, which is as far as I've gotten, it, it is a lot better than the first two episodes, in my opinion. I just wasn't sure I could... Yeah. Well, I'm not, I don't think any character after him is perhaps quite as good as him, but it's a, it's an all-stellar cast. And let's just say, in terms of diversity casting, how nice to see loads of main parts in this series who are people of colour. Yeah. It took me ages to figure out who the um, mm-hmm. the lawyer is, the guy who's running their um, estate. Can you, can you tell me where you know him from? No. Do Gross you... Point Blank. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, blimey. Wow. Oh. Yeah. You know? Cool, Mark. Cool. He's also Jack. What else is he in the OA? Is he? Yeah, he's in the very first episode of the OA. We need to do detective in it. We We really need need to do do the the OA. OA. Should we do it next week? Definitely. It's fascinating and hypnotic. I need to watch one of these shows to completion. Though I'm just, I'm just watching the first episodes. Um, I was at a, a meeting yesterday with the commissioning editor of Radio 4 Drama and he said to the group um, the best thing that he's seen in months is the OA on Netflix so maybe we should couldn't have a look at that yeah couldn't agree more I'm a big yeah. fan of it I, I've got to really? go now and have a bath okay a thanks everybody right. if you want to email All us right. studio at the box set pod.com studio at the box set etc good night Nice. I hate you, Matt. What are you going to do, crabs? Pour hot oil on me? Or put bamboo shoots under my nails? There you go. That's excellent. That's excellent. If I could meet that guy, that guy's voice in real Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Reality must be incredible. Enjoy your crackers.